Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Did we just see the match of 2020? I am Luke Owen. This, no, yeah, that's right. This yeah, is El Fake. <laughs> this is El Fake. I thought it was that way. This is El Fake Laurie Blake. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast review of AEW's Double or Nothing 2020, which had the main event of the frankly ridiculous, bonkers, stupid nonsense stadium stampede match between the elite with Matt Hardy and the inner circle. And it was now it's been a rough couple of weeks uh, to be a wrestling fan. It's been a rough couple of months to be a wrestling fan, really between all of the Steve Carino stuff, WWE essential service stuff. And like, you know, Florida state and all that kind of stuff, the furloughing, um, then you know with Shad and and Hannah and Larry Sunker and like it's been, man, it's been just a rough couple of weeks and months. But this, good lord, this brought a smile to my face. Like you know, it's like this and and the the money in the bank for for all of its flaws that it had. Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard, things like this have really just sort of like lifted my spirits. And and like this, I I needed this match. Yeah, I think it was it's some it's a good bit of levity. And I think when you said is is this the match of 2020? Has there been a more 2020 wrestling match than this? Uh, yeah, totally. No fans in attendance. Uh no fans in attendance, but a bigger event like venue. Like <laughs> that like everyone else has downsized to cover the fact that there are no fans and, and AEW upsized. Um yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I think it, it managed to capture, I think what the kind of escapism of wrestling. I know Jim Cornette's going to hate it, but yeah. uh, I think the, I, I think it just was a, a much needed moment of levity. And I think it was, you know, it was a part of that part of the story that they're telling there is like, it's about putting aside your differences. And, you know, they didn't even play into the the friction within the elite in this match. You know, they had Kenny and uh, Hangman sharing a whiskey and, uh, and a glass of milk in, in the bar area. Like th- this was about like, 
let's all get through this together, kind of, to, to some yeah. degree. Um, what a fun match this was. Really, really ridiculously good fun. And and with so much pomp and ceremony. <laughs> I, love yes. the, I love the gear that the inner circle come in with, like full American football sh- shoulder pads and um, custom T-shirts. There's cheerleaders. We've got... Uh, all the smoke machines going off and the big it was an actual ring. Yeah. <laughs> was it the 50 yard line? It was a, yeah, it was right at the center point of the, of this football field. They had a wrestling ring set up, which really only played a little Matt and uh, Matt Hardy and um, uh, Jericho, I think did a couple of spots in it. But apart from that, like everyone else just mm. brought around. I saw Ollie. It, so Ollie's uh, edited review of this will be going up around sort of this time. I think it's almost going live around this sort of time that we're currently live. So do go and watch that after you've watched this. Uh, don't leave us now. Yeah. Um, but in that review, he compares the he compares it to the Captain America Civil War airport fight scene, mm-hmm. and that was where I was like, that's exactly what it is. Like that's the best comparison for this. Because it was like these two groups ch- literally charged at each other in the same way that, that Starks and, and Cap's crew do. And then they have their big brawls. And then throughout that, it then just sort of like will cut to here's Spider-Man and Captain America doing something. Here's uh, War Machine and someone else doing something, at, you know, doing something over here. Here's uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier chasing after someone. And it's just like these little pockets of different storylines that would sometimes interlock. It was sometimes interwove. And it just sort of like broke down. And it was... 35-ish minutes it never felt like it went 35 minutes it just sort of I, I was at one point during the live stream we we're like man someone's got to at least go for a pin or something <laughs> i just had so much effing fun with this match and i'm sure like as you say jim Cornette will hate this and there will be those who will you know look at this thumbnail and be like you're clickbait it's not this it's not that it wasn't even a wrestling match yada 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 i i don't know what to tell you I loved it, and I had so much fun. Yeah, I think that you know it depends what your definition of wrestling matches. If your definition of wrestling matches abides by the rules of wrestling, this sort of did. That you had to you had to score a pinfall to win. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, what like what could be more wrestling than five? larger than life characters on one side, five larger than life characters on the other side, going crazy and ruining a stadium um, <laughs> with with comedy and drama and everything thrown in. Like, you know, this obviously very much lent into the comedy as- angle, um, which was great because I think everyone, everyone in it was a really good comedic foil, like uh, Jericho specifically, Sammy Guevara as well was... The, poor kid can't catch a break what an an absolute mvp that kid was of this match i mean i yeah i just think and i think it was a perfect choice to break it down to the point of like everyone else who's tougher and bigger on his team has been locked away or put (laughs) put down and then sammy has the the, that brilliant reveal of him staring off into the distance as he hears an engine revving behind him (laughs) (laughs) and we cut and then whoa it's a golf cart oh no like and he has he gets chased the entire length of the field only to be surrounded by the elite and dumped off the top of a, a of part of the structure yeah it was so good there were so many good moments hangman page arriving on a horse like i was about to say like and like that sammy thing wasn't even the wackiest moment like you know we had hangman page arriving on a horse and chasing sammy through the building mm-hmm. we had matt hardy getting like drowned in a pool 
that Ortiz was too afraid to get in because it was three feet deep and he can't swim. <laughs> but the pool also happened to be filled with the water from the Lake of Reincarnation. So Matt got reincarnated into Team Extreme Matt and then into version one Matt with Matt facts on the screen mm -hmm. that Santana and Ortiz could see. <laughs> There's no logic to any of this. No. It's it, but it's it, I think the point of this match is like clear they couldn't do what they initially wanted to do for the elite versus uh the inner circle. And so instead what they gave us was something that is pure fan service. Like this yeah. is this is like it's like an episode of being the elite taken to its logical conclusion like this is this is if you take the kind of wacky world that they've come up with to explain themselves as wrestlers yeah you know, they're the kind of the kind of interim they've got that interim between being like genuine uh controlling parties in a company wacky wrestling character and somewhere in the middle is being the elite this is mm -hmm. that kind of thing this is i don't know it was it was so good it was just uh, we, so much fun. I really enjoyed the uh, hangman sat in the bar having a drink. Jake Hager comes up beside him and is like, did you come for a drink or did you come for a fight? I came to do both. They had this big old brawl with Hager standing tall. And then it was only until Kenny Omega came in for the safe. And Kenny Omega managed to help Hangman Page do the buckshot lariats onto <laughs> Hangman Page and send him crashing over the bar. And they had a drink together. The they smashed every single, uh, like, what's it, fiberglass? The little, yeah, they just smashed every bit of bubbly on his face. He put Adam Page down the bar as well. Like, <laughs> that was awesome. It was, but it was just like, I don't know. It, it's every, it was like that was obviously just, I think, very cleverly done because it's like just those little bits they teased about Adam Page's character, the kind of like you know the drinking in the crowd and like the kind of boozy cowboy vibe. And then they took it to a conclusion that makes sense. Like, it, yeah. you know, you want to see him have a barroom brawl because he is a cowboy. Yeah, there's some cowboy S words on a horse and stuff. Uh, Chris Jericho hit the Judas effect on a mascot. Like, and, <laughs> and then, and then topped that off by putting a cone on his head and giggling to himself. <laughs> Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he, he went into he went into the replay tent to have an argument with with uh, Aubrey. Oh yeah, over a, a two count. <laughs> it's like you're an S word referee. It's just um, brilliant. The uh, the hundred yard Northern Lights suplex locomotion. Like mm -hmm. so, Matt Jackson was doing the Northern Lights uh, suplex locomotion to Sammy Guevara, and it would cut away to Jericho and and Nick Jackson, and then cut back to Matt and and Sammy just slowly making their way down the football field until Matt Jackson got the touchdown and then did the Alex Wright dance and got a penalty for excessive celebration so he super kicks Bryce <laughs> and Sammy got beaten up by sprinklers and then that's when he thought he'd won Kenny and Matt chase him down with a golf cart he gets surrounded and then they hit the one-winged angel like off a load of seats through this big crash mat mm -hmm. nonsense. It was like at the end of this year, when we're looking back on like the best matches of 2020, this will end up being on the list mm -hmm. because I laughed so much throughout it. I completely understand if it's not your cup of tea. I really, really do. And I'm not going to say that you're wrong for, for not enjoying this. But man, I had so much fun with it. And for me, this is 
It's one of my matches of the year. It's one of my matches of 2020. I think it's I, I what I like about it is that it is flexing the muscles of those guys in a completely different way. Like we know that Kenny Omega is perfectly capable of a seven-star match. We know that you know we know that the Bucks can reach those heights. We know that pretty much every single person in that match could put on a absolute technical wrestling showcase with storytelling and drama and it could go half an hour just in the ring with crowds chanting whatever they can't do that at the moment so instead they put on something that is completely the opposite direction it, it requires no audience it, it it flexes that completely other bit of wrestling that you know these guys are all perfectly capable of tapping into as well which is just being bloody funny and bloody entertaining yeah um, and yeah it, i just thought it was brilliant Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. see what you guys think up in the super chat. Uh, Stu has said that Sammy Guevara is quickly becoming one of my favourites, an MVP. Yeah, I absolutely completely agree on that one. Uh, Peter Mullen said it's the best they could do in the current circumstances. Moreover, it's a pay-per-view you could show to a non-fan to see why we love it, and that is like gold dust. That's yeah, an interesting point, because actually the show overall was like, aside from the Statlander Sean Spears stuff, like the, the Chris Statlander match and the Sean Spears stuff, this wasn't a really, really great pay-per-view. Like, it's only those two things kind of, for me, take it down from that that five out of five perfect show to mm. sort of like a high four out of five. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely one of those, it's definitely a very tight uh, pay-per-view. And I think like, you know, I, I was surprised that stuff like MJF and Jungle Boy was so damn good. Um, that's something I chose someone to be like, look, this is, this is a match between 
two young upstarts like and yeah. look how look how good it is totally storytelling uh run with the haunted said stadium match was a bit long and the camera work in the first half made me dizzy really liked mjf versus jungle boy and Sheeta versus rose rest of the show was okay so not a great review there from run with the hunted bacon rasher says do you think aew are bringing in too much talent the original roster um, versus now, plus people like Gulak, Ryder, Revolt, and more. How many more can they sign? Well, we don't know if they're getting Gulak, Ryder, and Revolt. We can presume that they might do, but we don't know that for sure. Um, yeah, I think you, you could always make the argument that you can bring in too much talent, but man, they, I mean, they've got a second show at, starting yeah. at some point this year. So, you know, you, if, you could, if you're starting a second show, you need to bolster out your roster. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, and, and they've got dark as well. Like it's, you know, they've, they've got a lot. On. It's uh, so yeah, they, they, they're going to be perfectly capable of filling all that time with people and getting everyone good time. Cause I think they've, they've done a very good job so far of giving everyone plenty of time. Like, you know, we were sitting there yesterday going, why is this match getting so long? Like, yeah. quite, quite a few of the matches. So yeah, they, they're quite happy to give people that you wouldn't expect plenty of uh, exposure. Ben Isaac said, a few weeks ago, you asked why no one had brought Mike Tyson in for an appearance since WrestleMania 14. Well, now we know why. Um, tired. Yeah, he was very sleepy, was poor old Tyson. Uh, Jose Oliveira said, four stars, five if Sammy had got trampled by the horse. Oh, no. <laughs> Dangerous stuff. Yeah, I don't know how you film that. <laughs> Miguel Ortiz, I watched Double or Nothing with my little brother last night, and we had a hell of a time enjoying the show, especially the Stadium Stampede match. 10 out of 10 from Miguel. Ooh. And lastly, from Byron Addison said, is there a medical update on the murdered mascot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the head is padded enough. It's fine, probably. Yeah, uh, it's a shame, really. We didn't get that update from Tony Khan in the post-match, how the mascot is doing after the Judas effect. Um, and we'll have this last one as well, actually, from Tim Arndt, who said, uh, was the main event the greatest match ever? No, because it wasn't Edge versus Randy Orton. Thanks for that joke, real Dan Stewart. Uh, the buy-in uh, kicked off with Private Party versus Best Friend in a match that was it was good and like it's it kind of sucks because I I like Private Party mm -hmm. and I think their offense is incredibly innovative. I think it's very creative and I really like what they do. But this was quite botchy in places, and that was all down on Private Party. Unfortunately, they it feels like at times when they're put out into these situations, their greenness does get exposed a bit. Mm -hmm. I think they I think they go out there and like obviously you would do they're you know they they you know they're young guys they want they they're hungry they want to show what they're capable of and they're clearly capable of a lot however mm -hmm. when you're pushing yourself 110% every time you go out like you're going to do things out of the comfort zone and that this you know you don't want to be so far in the comfort zone that you're the miz but you want to be you know you want to be somewhere in between the two um and I think their, the level of innovation that they're trying to go for in almost every single thing that they do just means that like there are so many technical hookups between them and the opponent that like some stuff just misses and some stuff is just slow so it clunks yeah. and like you know that fluidity that wrestlers get usually comes from just having done that spot week in and week out for weeks and weeks and weeks and I think private party it's hard to think like 
times where I've seen them just do the exact same version of the spot. You know, they, they keep mm-hmm. innovating on a spot rather than just being like, just keep doing that over and over again until it's polished and then let's twist it. Exactly. In you know, two years' time, we're going to be talking about them as one of the greatest tag teams on the planet. Um, but it's just, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate for them. But our best friends picked up the win here, which very much establishes them as the number one team. And this was like a number one contendership match as well. So, uh, yeah, they'll be facing off against... Uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Show started with a lovely message to key workers with the, uh, the the roster of AEW thanking them. And then it was a great promo to kick things off, which led us into the casino ladder match. Now, AEW, I I did not like their casino battle royale. I, I just didn't like it. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was very clunky because they were trying to do a Royal Rumble, but also not a Royal Rumble. And it just... Like you came out as sort of groups of people, so you didn't really get the pops that you wanted. It just didn't quite work. What they've managed to do here is essentially have the the casino battle royale, only now it works because you've just limited it down to nine people. It's now a ladder match. And who would have thought a Royal Rumble ladder match would work as well as this did? Because this was awesome. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I think the structure of it was so smart as well. Like to... You know, not just even like someone new comes out every two minutes. The fact that for every two minutes, for 18 minutes, if, if, you know, if you've got nine competitors or, you know, 16 minutes, whatever it is, like you had something new and something fresh every single time and everybody got their time to shine, which obviously happens in the Rumble. But, you know, most people come in and get 30 seconds and then it just Mm -hmm. goes back into everyone's in the corner pushing each other up. This was very tightly worked. Like everyone had, I've got two minutes of stuff to do. And I'm going to fill that time. And then the next person is going to come out and get their two minutes and then two minutes and two minutes, two minutes. And then it's all going to break down when Brian Cage arrives. So, you know, you start the match. We've got Kazarian and Scorpio Sky having, uh, you know, sort of spending a bit of the time coming to the agreement they're actually going to have a match and not just go straight up the ladders. You get uh, Sabian coming in and cheating uh, with Jimmy Havoc in tow. You get Orange Cassidy coming in and lazily trying to reach the chip without doing anything and then he can't work a ladder you get yeah. colt coming in and he can work a ladder and he chucks cassidy out and it and it builds through all that janella comes in and just wrecks everybody by and himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the most horrible fashion um yeah I, I just think they just had something for everyone to do um that kept you wanting people to join the match because you were like i can't wait to see what the next person brings to it and then you get at the end, and then you know at the end of it because you've got mystery opponent scheduled. You're going to get something really good, and you get Brian Cage coming out, yeah, and just being the Hulk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was so well structured, as you're saying, like the the timings that everyone had of coming out and the the, the spots that they had. Everyone was made to look really great in this. Uh, Orange Cassidy, man, like he comes out and he walks over to the commentary desk to once again ask what the rules of the match are. <laughs> And then is annoyed because it's so much effort. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they, they were like, Tony has told you 200 times. <laughs> and he's like... <sighs> he walks to the ring, reaches up, grabs a ladder, just stands, like doesn't put the ladder together, just stands on a ladder that's on the floor, reaches up, still carrying. Like he, you, he, the whole joke that they had with him is that he had all two minutes to himself. Everyone yeah. else was down around the ring. He could have easily won it, but he was too lazy. And it was just really, really great comedy yeah. stuff. When he and put then, the ladder up, but not open. So it yeah. just fell straight over again. Oh, he's so good. 
And that was brilliantly played up with Colt because Colt mm-hmm. Cabana comes in and can play off of that. And then you have the wild man Joey Janela come in and do his wild stuff. Luchasaurus comes in to do the power stuff, which brilliantly leads into Brian Cage, as you say, coming in to do his power stuff. Because you've had Luchasaurus come in and be like, look how powerful this guy is. Then Brian Cage comes in and is even more powerful. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, you're Brian Cage. He is, yeah, you know, he is Swolverine. Terrible nickname that is. And all of the guys had to gang up on Brian Cage. They bury him under, like, you know, all this sort of detritus and stuff. Joey Janela hits a Death Valley driver off the apron with Orange Cassidy onto this pile of stuff. And you can still see Brian Cage underneath it. That was, uh, the, that was the bit I was like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I can't. I can't take it. And you then you had, like, him rising out from the sea like Godzilla. And, and he eventually won. Like, there was an amazing sequence with him and, and Luchasaurus. Like, those two squaring off was absolutely wicked. Hits Darby Allen with the drill claw, and, and he gets the win. So the, the two key things here is that, yeah, Brian Cage's debuts, and he's with Taz. Taz is his new manager, which spills off the Taz feud with Darby Allen. So now we're already setting ourselves up into a Darby Allen versus Brian Cage feud with Taz as the manager, which sounds awesome. Like Darby oh. Allen versus Brian Cage. I'm such a fan of Darby Allen. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, it's almost it's almost weird though because now actually the title shot that Cage has won complicates that matter. You know that complicates that feud, and I wonder if they're going to make that part of it. Like you know maybe maybe. Cage is so confident he'll put that on the line against Allen, and that's a really good way to elevate Allen into a mm-hmm. spot because he could have a dramatic upset here, uh, a fluke win. I don't think Brian Cage would lose anything. Look at the size of him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think this match, like everyone, I think everyone in it was was great, did their bits, and uh, did and took all their spots well. But like the standout stars for me were Darby Allen taking that blooming skateboard drop. Yeah. Uh, where he jumps off the top of a ladder with a skateboard and uh, I think breaks his leg. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Brian Cage, obviously, just doing a, a five-minute bit where he just tells people where they belong. Uh, yeah. You go over here now and you over there. No, you go over there. And then Orange Cassidy, who I really wanted to see win. Like I, I just think Orange Cassidy is fantastic. He's yeah. so, like He brings so much to these multi-man matches, especially. I think, like, you know, they're lucky to have someone like that who can just be like, you know, if you ever want to do a Battle Royal or a Rumble or you want to do a ladder match, just stick him in because he brings yeah. another he brings another dimension to it. And I, I just hope now that AEW stick to this format. Like, this mm. match really, really worked. It worked so much better than the Battle Royal they did at Double or Nothing and at All Out. I'm hoping at All Out we see the women's version of this. Um, yeah. I, I really think they've, they've landed on something here and they've now got a match format that works. So well done. Kudos to you guys. Oh, and that totally belongs to them as well, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing like, no one else does anything like this, right? Exactly. Um, and speaking of kudos to you guys, I, I did not expect this to be this good. MJF versus Jungle Boy. These two had an excellent match on Dynamite. Like it was a match that when me and Ollie reviewed it way back when, so like I think it was earlier this year or late last year, we were like, wow, that really took me by surprise, actually. MJF versus Jungle Boy, they had a really excellent eight-minute, eight to ten-minute TV match. Here, these two completely leveled it up and had an excellent pay-per-view match. This was, I mean, I know like the thumbnail and the title of this is, you know, that this stadium stampede was the greatest match ever. 
But I really do think this was match of the night. Oh yeah, this is in in terms of pure wrestling, this was the best match on the card easily. Like they they told an amazing story. I think it was, uh, you know, I I think they made all the right choices. I think um, MJF winning is the is perfect. It's just like the best thing to do. I think the fact that he wins without really cheating, like too hard <laughs> it yeah he cheated a bit but he didn't you know like he, he pulled more heelish dirty tricks like you know there's no warblow uh in this match um i i just i just think it it worked really well they they have amazing chemistry they play off each other really well like i think they the, the two you know you've got jungle boy the sort of ultimate baby face the baby face baby face who who looks you know he he looks in he's got an innocent look and yeah. then you've got MJF who is almost like you can see the corruption behind his eyes like he's got he's so fantastic but he also like I think his selling is so good like when you see like when he takes that um reverse rana on the apron which obviously oh. is a heart-stopping moment but you see the way he he lands on his feet and mm-hmm. he goes completely stiff and falls down and it is that it's that kind of um the selling, it's the selling of someone who you're like, well, I want to see you get punished because when you fail, it's, it's an, he does it in an amusing manner. It's like, he, he's that kind of heel that's like, you get to be ridiculed when you have your yeah. moments of downfall and he plays that perfectly. He was, he was created in a lab, was MJF. <laughs> like they took like the DNA of like heels. Like they basically did a, what is it? They did a Wikipedia search of wrestling heel and created a wrestler off the back of that. And that is MJF. Mm-hmm. He is just a perfect heel. As you said yesterday in the live stream, he's a career heel. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you could have a baby face run down the line with him at some point, but I don't, why would you? When You'd be wasting him. What, he's so good in this role. It's like Miz. Miz had a very good baby face run with Shane McMahon last year, right? Like, it was pretty good. But he's so much better as a heel. Yeah. You know, like Baron Corbin is a perfect heel. You don't want to, Baron Corbin doesn't ever need to turn baby face. The same with MJF. I just think he is career heel in the same way that I think Jungle Boy is career babyface. He mm. is, and like, and these two clients, and it just felt like, you know, they were making the point on commentary this is the future of AEW. This is a future main event waiting to happen. And if you can cultivate these two and sign them to, you know, these long enough contracts, you could almost tell that story over multiple years of these two rising up the ranks and eventually having that pay-per-view main event over world titles where you're like, and look where they started at double or nothing 2020 to where we are now. Yeah. Well, you, you look at that, you look at this match and you, you know, you, I, I look at this match and I see what MJF went out there and did and with jungle boy, but like, and, and knowing what you knowing the career that MJF has had in AEW already, MJF can just walk up to Cody and be like, I want that TNT title. Like, mm-hmm. and and would be a perfect mid-card champion for them. Like, and then and then Jungle Boy is perfect to come up and be like, hey man, like, I want that. Yeah. Like the, the, I came this close. The future of the mid-card in AEW is so nearly like cemented now. I think it's 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 amazing. And as you uh, alluded to then as well, uh, as of earlier in this review. MJF did do heelish stuff in this match. He faked an injury at one point. He uh, used Aubrey, like pushed Aubrey into the ropes to knock Jungle Boy off the he top rope. He bit his hand. <laughs> he bit his hand. But he won this with a wrestling hold. Mm-hmm. He didn't cheat to win. He cheated in the match, but he didn't actually cheat to pick up the win. 
He won it with a wrestling hold. He is a good wrestler. And it really adds so much credibility to MJF as a character, which I thought was a, a genius move. Yeah, I think I think we've seen the sort of levels and dirty tricks of MJF in parts of his, in, you know, especially in the Cody stuff. Um, so I think it's good to really knuckle down on like, you know, he he's used, he's bent the rules here to get an advantage. Um, but yeah, has actually just won the wrestling match. And I think, it, yeah, honestly, if you're going to watch one thing from Double or Nothing, watch the stadium stampede and then watch this. Completely agree. Um, what? Yeah, okay, so Cody versus Lance Archer for the TNT Championship. First off, TNT Championship is you know, it's a tribute to the old NWA one, but with, with its sort of red leather. It doesn't look great at the moment, but that's because it's not the finished product. They were saying in commentary that due to the Steve Carino situation, they can't get the the finalized belts done. So this is a placeholder version of that belt, which is good because it looks like ass. It's <laughs> it, it's just it's a really like, I actually housemate Simon I think posted up on Twitter saying it looks like your first draft of a creator belt on SmackDown versus Raw. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it feels like. It feels so plastic and naff. And I get that's because it's not the finalized version, but I, I just hope that you can refine that design because at the moment, I think it looks a bit cheap. I, yeah, so I, I think they should have said this is to coronate the first champion and then just been like, we'll have a ceremony in two weeks or whatever, you know, whenever they think they can get the belt for, and that's when they should do it. Um, yeah, I, and it's a shame because obviously like it's it's not, it's not their fault that it's it's important. It's hard to get a belt in time when uh, things aren't running normally. But yeah, I, I think showing that belt just made, like, devalued it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> because it's just like, oh, God, you want to win that? Yeah, oh. it's, not an, it's not a nice looking thing. Um, and this match was Lance Archer killed Cody for a long time. Really, really killed him an absolute lot. He just murderized him. He murder-hawked him all over the ring. Some really nice spots in this. Like, I loved him hitting the blackout straight away and Cody had to roll out of the ring oh, to try, like, you know, and, and, you know, he tries to do his uh, his springboard cutter, but Lance pants him out of midair. Like, Cody couldn't get things going in this. The military press over the corner turnbuckle to oh. the outside. Um but then, like, it, so you had that at the start. Then, sort of, the middle portion of this match was the moment where you had Cody hitting a DDT to Lance in front of Jake, and then Lance hit the spine buster to Cody in front of Arn, and then Cody did the stinger splash. Um, and but Lance sort of kept kicking out at one, and it was it then broke down at the end when you had. Like Mike Tyson pointed out that Arn Anderson cheated at one point, and I'm like, well, I can't believe Tyson stooged off Arn. Mm-hmm. So then, sort of both of like Arn and Jake both get sent to the back, but then Jake comes out with a snake, but then Tyson gets up and takes off his t-shirt, which scares Jake, and then we got the finish. It was just really clunky, mm-hmm. and I don't think it fully worked. In the end, Cody won. He hit two crossroads uh, to pick up the win. There are too many cooks uh, is what I thought of this match. I I liked uh, Lance Archer beating down Cody. It went on too long. Uh, I think Cody needed to mount more of a comeback to get the win. Because um, it felt like, do you know what it felt? It felt like Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. In, in that, like, the story they were trying to tell in that match was like, Roman Reigns, against his better judgment, won't give up. 
Yeah. And that's what they should have done with this match was like Cody refuses to lose and it's going to destroy him. And then you could have got to the, you know, the bit that he's kicked out of so much, taken so much punishment and he starts to fire back and wins. It didn't need the complication of also Arn Anderson, also Jack the Snake, also Mike Tyson, and then sort of not just not enough from Cody to to warrant like two crossroads and a pin. I just was like, you've kicked out of you got the blackout immediately. Like you yeah. jumped around the ring for 20 minutes. It's it feels unearned. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. Obviously, Penelope was the replacement for Dr. Britt Baker. But prior to this, I had a doctor saying that Britt is worse than her injury, which I thought was a really good line. And uh, they're going to announce on Dynamite, or she's going to make the announcement on Dynamite, uh, where her future lies. Um, apparently, it's not a torn ACL, as, as originally feared, which is very good news. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander was a perfectly fine TV match. Uh, it, it didn't really do a lot for Chris, didn't do much for Ford either, but Chris picked up the win with the Big Bang Theory. It was okay. It would have been, it, it's just a shame. And again, it's absolutely no one's fault. It just mm-hmm. sucks that it wasn't Britt Baker. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's good. It's nice that they both got pay-per-view time, but there was no story going into it. There was no drama. Um, and you know, they didn't get a lot of time because this was, you know, down the list of matches on the card. This was this, speaking, was this was the breathe. It felt very much like a bit of breathing space after the slog that was Lance Archer and Cody, and yeah. leading into you know this felt like a. We we said it on the thing. It's like it feels like a pee break match from the nineties. Like you know, yeah. Uh, and the same can be said for Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. I don't I don't really feel like this needed to be on pay per view to be mm-hmm. honest because this had a modicum amount of build Sean Spears on Wednesday's show cut this promo where he's got this new news anchor thing where he said Dustin Rhodes has retired so I'm challenging him to a match and so there's not really a whole lot of build going into this and then he comes down and he says oh uh, Dustin's not here and the music plays and no one comes out and Sean reveals that he'd set that up uh-huh. and so then he gets the promo tells it was a good little turn to camera on that one though there was that a was, that was nice, funny yeah. Uh, and then he sort of tells Aubrey to ring the bell so we can get the can out. The music hits again. Sean says, no, you're only supposed to play it once, you idiots. Out comes Dustin Rhodes. A really good reveal of Dustin, actually. Sort of like it just appears from out of nowhere. And the match was Dustin. Uh, someone said in the comments yesterday, in fact, I can tell you who it was. I think his name was Justin. It was, uh, yes, jo- sorry, Jordan Trapedo said that Dustin Rhodes won a bra and panties match because he derobed uh, Sean Spears to reveal that he was wearing Tully Blanchard pants and hit the reckoning for the win. I it, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't really know. I don't think they know what they want to do with Sean Spears. No. One, week, one week, he's this serious threat that is unhinged. And he's winning things with the, uh, with the sharpshooter. And then we got it here and he's a comedy goofball being derobed and spanked by Dustin Rhodes and losing. Yeah. It, it doesn't make him look great. And, and it's and it's weird as well because it's like you know the history that Sean has with the Rhodes family in AEW is quite serious. Like this, and and I also do think this match would be a good payoff. Like this kind of well, not as a match, but I think this kind of um, embarrassment to Sean Spears would be a really good payoff if we'd been keeping that on the boil, but yeah. we haven't been. So, you know, we've just decided that, like, you know, there's a little bit of purchasing Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears, so we'll just set that up, do it really quickly. 
and it's it's too early in Sean Spears's like uh, braggart news anchor thing, like to go. Well, we'll just go from naught to oh, you're in your pants, being embarrassed with your bum out. Like yeah. that. That feels like that is that's the level of like we're at the end of the feud and we're actually going to tear you all the way down now and we're going to make you eat your own words. You know. I was just thinking then, like, if you wanted to have this, you know, Dustin Rhodes comes out to reveal he's not retired and he's back and you know he's he's trying to try and redeem himself after the loss to Lance Archer in the TNT tournament. You should have done. You could have done this with Peter Avalon. You know, mm-hmm. you could have done this with the librarian. The librarians get into the ring and they do something. Dustin appears, beats him up very quickly, and gets the win. Do it in thirty seconds. That wouldn't have hurt Avalon. It actually would have probably really done a lot of good for Dustin. Yeah. But for me, this I think this 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 hurt Sean. And like I think this and the Chris Statlander thing were the the two weakest points of the show, and it sucked that they came back to back. Yeah, because you could have also done Dustin in the in the Cody Lance match. You, you you used every other schmoz under the sun. Like, yeah. why, why wouldn't you use that? That I feel like that's a better way to reintroduce Dustin as sort of a fighting character, and you know, say that he's he's not afraid. Like, yeah, this this just felt a bit too goofy, and again, like unearned. Yeah, um, we then had a absolutely fan flipping tastic. This this really kick the pay-per-view back into gear for me. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. This was terrific. Absolutely awesome. No no DQ. I nearly called it no rolls barred for a second there. No (laughs) No rolls barred match. And it was just these two kicking the absolute crap out of each other all over the ring and outside the ring, brawling through things, putting people through tables, mm-hmm. smashing each other into the big chips and stuff. I thought Sheeda looked amazing. I thought Rose looked amazing. And the big heartfelt like win for Hikaru Shida winning the championship really like I, you know, I both you and I had no Rose down to win. We both mm-hmm. had her down in the predictions, but the entire time I was cheering on Sheeta to exactly. pick up that victory because I really wanted Sheeta to win. Yeah, I, I was again head versus heart, wasn't it? When we made the vote, but uh, she won me over in the match. She was so good. Um, I, I I thought Nyla Rose did a fantastic job of making you hate her. Like mm-hmm. you wanted to see her lose. Sheeta did a brilliant job of being a babyface in peril for most of the match, and then you get that big moment where she fires back on the. Uh, side of the ring with all the chips and she does the huge running knee into the poker chips like and then the hip toss on top of them like yeah so good like there was yeah there was just some brilliant stuff and then she finally gets the kendo stick and that huge whack to the face and the running knee and the victory's all sealed up i i just thought this match was brilliant and Yeah. yeah um well deserving of its placement on the card as well and I think now that it, Nyla Rose, you know, for a lot of people that don't like her, and a lot of people don't like her for very stupid reasons. There are those who don't like her because they don't think she's a good relative, and there are those who don't like her for stupid reasons. Um, but she has now had the two best women's matches in AEW. She, this one and the match she had with, with Riho have been really, really great. I think Nyla Rose is actually very good at what she does. And Hikaru Shida is such a great baby face. Mm-hmm. I, I love her. Absolutely love her. And I'm, I'm so chuffed to see her win. And I cannot wait to see what she does next with the belt. I think just I th- Nyla Rose is a monster heel and she does it incredibly well. And, you know, and she does it gamely and 
in a way that complements the people she's up against, which, you know, so like WWE's version of Nyla Rose is probably Nia Jax. And you see how that kind of pans out because I don't think, you know, Jax and everyone gels in the same way that Nyla seems to gel with everyone and, and has produced really good matches. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah, this was probably my, I can't even say it was my second favorite match of the night because the, the main event, well, the semi main event was also fantastic. There was so much good on this show, <laughs> I'm to say. Um, which brings us on to John Moxley versus Mr. Brody Lee for the AEW World Championship. This match was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And I actually had quite high expectations going in because I'm a big, big fan of Moxley. I'm a big, big fan of Brody Lee. I love seeing these two work together i loved the stuff they did in wwe with the shield and white family i was looking forward to seeing more of that and these two leveled it up to a pay-per-view main event degree it this kicked ass man this was so good i think this was i think this was you know this is someone like Brody lee coming out with something to prove right this was this is the match he never got to have in wwe this is the position on a card he never got to occupy in wwe and he went out and proved that he bloody deserved to like mm -hmm. you know um i think fantastic work from Brody lee like john moxley great as ever but obviously much more accustomed to this position on a card um i think they just did more than you could ever have hoped i like i was expecting a match to center around sort of beating each other down in the ring and then they went all the way around the ring and did some particularly gruesome stuff like there was yeah some really really cool spots in this match um specifically obviously the the finale of the match where mox hits the paradigm shift through the stage yeah um, and then sort of crawls out of hell back into the <laughs> ring and brody appears with all the blood all over his face um yeah i just they just did what it needs to do. And AEW gave it that really big match presentation as well. I think just even simply the opening where there's a line of security across the ring. Yeah. So, the whole both, way back. so they can both come out and get their entrances done. Like it made it feel, you know, for something that I don't think it hasn't had the most build and doesn't seem like the direction they intended to go straight off the bat. They made it feel like it was the thing they were always going to do. And this was the right direction to go. And I don't think Brody lost anything in losing here, really. No, he really didn't. Like, I think they did a really good job in protecting Brody in this loss. And we kind of like, you know, been speculating. We thought there was going to be some minion involvement. But actually, the Creepers didn't play a role in this whatsoever. Mm -hmm. This was all just uh, Brody versus Mox. And yeah, they did the, the Taz Bam Bam Bigelow spot from ECW where they go through the stage. And yeah, uh, John Moxley crawls out. Brody Lee comes out dripping with blood. And he still kicks out at one after a paradigm shift. Like they really put him over another kick out. And it took it took John Moxley to choke him out, to yeah. lock in the sleeper. And like the way he was wrenching that sleeper hold in was just making the blood pour out more. And that's why Brody Lee lost. He could not answer the referee anymore. And like when Moxley was celebrating with the belt, Brody was just sat there just staring at Mox, being like, You've beaten me now. But on another night, it's not going to go down this way again. Mm -hmm. I thought this did amazing work for Brody. I think that's actually established Brody as a legit main eventer in this company. And I thought Moxley did an amazing job. Both of them did, and I thought the, the presentation of this match was amazing. Yeah, I get, I get it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like it's, it's making it's these small choices that are the right choices. Like we were saying about the MJF match, not having Wardlow, not cheating too hard. Mm. Uh, in, in the same thing here, like not actually featuring the Dark Order. Um, and just letting Brody shine because yeah. you've now just said like 
you know, uh, I, I think it was, uh, I don't know who, who tweeted, it might have been Jack actually from Cultaholic said like, he looks like the mini boss on stage one, one. He looks like a Streets of Rage character. Yeah. Um, but it, I think that's the thing. He, he looks like the head of a sort of crime syndicate and that's great. And, and he feels like the boss character because he's come out and proven that he can tangle with the, the biggest guy in the company. Yeah, really, really good. So overall, I loved this show. I thought it was absolutely awesome. It was just what I needed. And, oh, man, what a, as, as I said, aside from the Sean Spears match and the Chris Statlander match, both of which I don't think needed to be on pay-per-view, this was a flawless show that I absolutely adored. Yeah, I think what I, what I liked about this, and I, like I said in the, uh, when we were talking about the stadium stampede, is that it flexed some of the aspects of wrestling that you don't see everywhere and did them really well. And, um, you know, even those small choices like the people at ringside being extra vocal, like yeah. Big Swole going out of her way to get in everyone's face in every single match, like they brought something that could have been like a negative for the show and made it a positive. Yeah, I think that's what's great. You know, that's that's what's great. Like having everyone at, at playing cards and gambling at ringside, and they they use all those tables to great effect by smashing them all up. Uh, you know, having the stadium stampede match feel like it was that kind of the kind of drama of this this match is too big to contain in a regular arena, so we've had to put it in a stadium. We've had to get with the fans because it's going to be too dangerous for people. Like, I think they just did a brilliant job of using the limitations and cleverly, creatively coming up with ways around them. Well, let's see what your thought in these Super Chats. Thank you very much to everyone who's got those in. Uh, Fritz says, the TNT looks like the old NWA TV title. Sure does. Uh, Pavi says, um, oh my God, Laurie, put your glasses back on. I can't recognize you. You almost look like Pete. I honestly need to uh, rewatch Double or Nothing again. Mm -hmm. uh, James says, uh, Tony Schiavone, that's a beautiful horse. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> he really liked the horse. He really, really loved it. Uh, ben Isaac says, hilariously, Cornette said in the 90s that even though he hates vanilla ice cream, he can hate someone else for liking it. Why can't he use that mentality? He can't hate someone else for liking it. Why can't he use that mentality with wrestling? Well, because uh, the character of Jim Cornette makes him money. Um, so yeah. You've got to stick, you know, you've got to stick with uh, it. Michael says, first time Super Chat. Thank you very much. The match was ridiculous. Um, chucking Santana into the freezer and Matt saying, it's for your inflammation was epic. Uh, Matt, Dr. Matt was brilliant throughout when he was uh, diagnosing everyone. <laughs> the, uh, we didn't mention it in the review, but when he donged the bell next to Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> Ortiz sold that for so long. Like, <laughs> uh, like a cartoon character. Nate Drop Surname said, I was highly entertained. This was great. Completely did the job of making me forget about literally everything else and just have a fun time. Didn't even notice it was a no-fan show at all either, which is what you were saying earlier. Like, I totally agree. Like, having everyone round ringside. And they were more, they got more vocal as the night went on. So, like, when it got into those three main events, they were more loud, mm -hmm. which, you know, to sort of, like, build up that atmosphere, I thought completely worked. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's clearly the best presentation that people are doing in wrestling at the moment of, of a no fan show because you know I don't I don't know whether it's the smartest 
you know, not yeah. a doctor. I don't know whether it's a Tartus, <laughs> but I know it's the best presentation that people are doing. Job and JJ said, rewatch the main events today twice. Still laughing my ass off. Uh, variety style of matches made the show fly by. I have the biggest smile on my face. Thank you very much, JJ. I agree, mate. Um, DJ the second said, what was your favorite spot of the stadium stampede match? I loved everything with Jackson Guevara touchdown and the celebration and penalty afterwards. God, what was my favorite spot? My most brutal spot was uh, Santana and Ortiz with the barricade on the tables and they put Kenny through it. Uh, yeah, that was not nice. But also what I loved about it was it was like a, it was like one of those quick magic tricks where you whip the, <laughs> the blanket, or you whip the rug out and then yeah. stuff stays perfectly still because as they slam him down, it collapses through the tables and they still are standing on the tables. Yeah, that's a bit I was like, whoa. <laughs> For me, it was either uh, Hangman, uh, Kenny Omega helping Hangman do the buckshots in the bar or Santana and Ortiz being able to see the matte facts on screen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the bit that really made me laugh. Um, Wilson said, or Wilson Simon said, after this show, I drew to one conclusion. I freaking love pro wrestling. Uh, Donovan Stapp said, it was better than this year's WrestleMania. There, I said it. I mean, overall, as a show, I think I, and I really liked WrestleMania. Yeah, overall, I, I, I did enjoy Double or Nothing more than both nights. Yeah, I, yeah, WrestleMania had a bit too much filler. I know this this was you know two two filler matches here and very tight otherwise. Mm. Uh, Jay Garza, thank you for your donation. William Tallman said, "I missed why Laurie trimmed up. Just fancied it." Just fancied it, mate. Uh, Louis De Silva woke up this morning with a really nice fuzzy feeling in my heart after the stadium stampede last night. Absolutely incredible. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Dan Elmsley says, I marked out when I realized Ollie's prediction epiphany in the ladder match of it being Taz's guy happened. Just ashamed he guessed it would be Gulag. I feel like I led him down that path, though. Like, that, <laughs> was, that was very much my fault. Yeah, we uh, just heard Gulag from Luke and we're like, yeah, Gulag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nate drops surname. Uh, I think the line uh, I think down the line when fans can return and they can do actual serious blood and guts matches. Um, I think down the line when the fans return, they can do the actual serious blood and guts match. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. This is amazing. Christopher Jazzcat, Sammy Guevara is Daffy Duck. <laughs> That's a perfect example. I love that. Um, Valib says, I fully expect MJF versus Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy to be my favorite pure wrestling match. Didn't quite expect it to be the only pure, clean wrestling match. Yeah, Borderline was, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Matthew McFadden, Private Party are 22 and 24 years old, and their experiences showed or inexperience showed. They need to have more actual matches with good spots rather than spots fest. You can have both. It's just yeah. like, you know, people would have said the same thing about the Young Bucks when they were, you know, 22 and 24. And look at them now. So me. Exactly, yeah. And and it is, you know, people were saying that about the Bucks. Like when they yeah. were, you know, I, I, they were, you know, these two spot monkeys that just did these sorts of things. And really, the Bucks haven't changed a lot of their style no. in, you know, as they've as they've grown older. It's just they've got more experience behind them now. So yeah. it's, it's also that spots are, like spot fests are fine. It's how you use spot fests, right? Everyone everyone rags on the Ricochet Will Ospreay match for being a spot fest, but like the point of the match is that ricochet and will osprey osprey were known as the spot monkeys so when they go out and do the spots at each other it's more like a one-upmanship thing yeah and it's that it's the same thing if you build the psychology in it because like generation me flippy kids whatever but the motor city machine gun matches they had are some of my favorite wrestling matches ever 
So, totally. Silent Vex said, Sister's first pay-per-view, and she thought uh, Cody versus Lance was really boring. Weirdly placed, cluttered with too much playing to camera. Last match was ace, though. Yeah, I don't think the Cody versus Lance match was... It didn't. It wasn't the home run that I, I was kind of hoping it would be. Um, the kernel of the idea was there, and it just... That's it, yeah. The, the implementation wasn't quite right. Um, Seth Amphetamine says, Double or Nothing was insane. I thought Darby was dead so many times. It was a little... <laughs> It was a little botch heavy, but the action was so good that it made up for it. Also, wasn't Sir Phoenix wasn't Phoenix supposed to be in the ladder match? He was, but got pulled out because of injury that he suffered on dynamite, which is why Joey Janela was in the match instead. Mm, he moonsaulted onto himself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Bacon Rasher, what is it with stealing titles? First, Brody takes Mox, uh, Mox's title, and now Cody has Montez Ford's. Thanks for all the content, lads. Don't forget to jam that jam. Jam that jam. Um, Davin Rajan said, do you guys watch or follow NJPW often? I was wondering why they normally, uh, when they normally have their, I'm guessing have their shows. Well, they're not having any shows at the moment. Um, and they haven't had any shows for a long, long time now. Like, they were the first company to shut down. And really, they're you know of these sort of major wrestling promotions in the world, they're the only one who still is shut down because it's a very, very serious situation over in Japan. Who knows when they'll be back? Mm -hmm. Jeremy says, um, "Give us Mox versus Orange Cassidy with the same energy of Mox versus Toriano that leads to a title match. That's just good wrestling." Yeah, I could be behind that. Love Toriano. That Toriano Mox match was so good from from the G1 last year. Uh, Walu TV Dan says, honestly, I got very tired during the Archer Cody match. I really preferred that beatdown match between Archer and Dustin. I was way more emotionally invested. That could just be because you love Dustin, though. Yeah. That's um, Peter Mullins, Britt has a partial LC, uh, LC, sorry, LCL tear, an inferior tibia fracture and a small tendon tear. The broken leg is about four months. Add to the tears, I reckon about six months. We've got a doctor in the house. Mm. Um, uh, he sort of corrects that to be tibial plateau fracture. Still doesn't make any difference to me, mate. I, I would have believed you the first time around. Um, Insane Ninja said, it's my birthday. Going to buzz my hair like Luke. It's a smart move, man. Did that yesterday. Uh, and a happy birthday to you. Gabriel Caruso, uh, I disagree with you guys about Dustin and Sean Spears. I was watching with my roommate who is not a wrestling fan. We were both cracking up. If anything, I think it shows how selfless Sean Spears is. That I will agree with, actually. And I did love, like, particularly the reveal of the Tully pants, I thought was very funny. It's just I don't think it belonged on pay-per-view. I think it would be yeah, my... Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not against what happened. I've just, I, I just think it would have been better served if there was some build. And, you know, it feels like a kind of feud ender. Um, Trenton Brown said, maybe it's just me, but Sammy has become the Kenny McCormick of AEW. Each week he gets killed in a different way, and I love it. He has, it. he has become our own little Kenny. A different kind oh of Kenny. God, they killed Sammy. Oh God. Uh, uh, right, where do we get to? Uh, the Mega Arcade TNT Championship match fell flat for me. It didn't feel like an inaugural crowning. The cuts to Tyson yawning. Um, double A's play card reading Wardlow, not Archer. Great match, but uh, questionable, uh, questionable execution. I would agree it was, yeah. It's been, as Laurie said, there was a kernel of an idea that really worked there. But I don't think it full off came, came to be. Mm -hmm. um, Gabriel Caruso again said, Brody Lee with a chip on his shoulder is main event material. That This was the match he needed to have. Moxley put him over it in defeat. AEW is so damn good. Yeah, I thought Brody looked, looked amazing coming out of this. Um, Pavi says, put Sean and MJF together as a tag team. They're gold together. I almost feel like that'd be a step down for MJF at this point. Yeah, MJF is on the rise. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Daval says, uh, JR on Sammy, this damn kid can't catch a break was so great. Sammy's acting this month has been one of the best things in wrestling. Yeah, his moments when he thought he'd won the match was, oh, God, it was so good. Um, Trenton says, Generation Me. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. talk about we, um, Ollie and I did a review of TNA Bound for Glory 2010 last year, I think, for Patreon. Um, and that was like, oh, God, the Generation Me thing. Total Vince Russo. Hey, look at these young kids. This is all about you. I hate that gimmick. Um, Peter Mullins, my wife is the doctor in the house. Unfortunately, she isn't down with murder gymnastics uh, because of... Uh, unfortunately, she isn't down with the murder gymnastics because of stuff like Brit's leg. Well, thank you very much for the, the medical update nonetheless. But thank you all so, so much for checking us out today. Thank you for joining us for this AEW Double or Nothing review. Let us know what you thought down in the comments below. Give us a subscribe if you made it this far and aren't already. Listen to the podcast version of this show. And we'll see you again very soon. Click videos that appeared up on screen. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.